Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. today and uh, I want you to know first of all first of all beyond anything else that God loves you he loves you now maybe you think that's no big deal because of course you know who is God and what is he about and does that even matter and I want to tell you it is a big deal that he loves you it is a big deal that he loves you because him loving you him loving you is what allows us to be reconciled to him Him loving us is what causes us to be able to come into his presence. And and maybe you came in this morning with a lot of baggage, a lot of hurt. And and I got to tell you, at some point, at some point, you're going to have to let go of that baggage. You're going to have to let it go. You got to quit trying to carry all that stuff because you were never designed to carry all of that. Jesus instead carried it for us to the cross. Amen. You were never meant to carry that. Well, pastor, you don't understand. I really messed up. No, I do understand. We've all messed up. The Bible says all have fallen short of the glory of God. Amen. We get that. Everyone in here has fallen short of the glory of God, but we need to lay down that baggage. And when you lay down that baggage that you've been carrying, you realize how light you are. Amen. You realize how free you are. Some of you are so burdened down with life and so burdened down with, with shame and guilt and all those things. It's hard for you to raise your hands. It's hard for you to get into the spirit because you feel like you're not worthy. Well, of course you're not worthy. None of us are worthy, but his blood makes us worthy. Amen. His blood, his spirit, his sacrifice made us worthy. And because he made us worthy, we are redeemed. Amen. I want you to know this morning, I want you to know that God loves you. And when I say love, I mean passionate love, not, hey, Love you. You ever said that to somebody? Love you. You don't really mean it, but you're just being nice. Like to family members that you don't really like, but you're trying to get away from them. Hey, love you. <laughs> I don't really love you, but I have to because we're, we're, we're relatives. You really can't stand you, actually. <laughs> That's not the way it is with God. There's a, there's a deep love there. And so we've been talking about it over this past month about my God. My God, and we're going to talk about today, last week we talked about my God heals. And I want to tell you this morning, if you still need healing in your body, we're going to pray over you again today. Amen. We're going to pray over you again today because we believe in, in, in healing in this church. Amen. We believe in healing in this church. But we're going to talk about today that my God saves. Amen. Listen to me again. My God saves. Say that with me. My God saves. You know what that word saves means? It means rescue. I can remember going to the dog pound, looking at dogs that have been discarded, and I wanted to take them all home, but I couldn't. And you know, the, the proud moment is saying, I have a rescue animal, or, or you know, we, we save this animal from certain destruction. 
On a larger scale, that's us. God saved us from destruction because we were discarded from the world. Hebrews chapter 7, 25, listen to what he says here. He says, therefore, therefore, he is also able to save the, to the uttermost those who come to God through him. Now, let's listen to that verse one more time. He is able to save to the uttermost. You know what that means? Is there's no one in this room who is not able to be saved. Okay, I'm going to go over here. You guys are too quiet over there. That means that no one in this room is not able to be saved. Amen. Oh, that was better. Let me give you guys another chance over here, okay? PJ, come on. I'm, I'm looking from you, okay? You're with me, okay. That means that there's no one that's not available or not able to be saved. Amen. All right, that's better. Every now and then, I got to make sure you're awake. All right? Listen, if you can fall asleep in a Pentecostal service, you're a sleeper. I'm going to tell you that right now. Okay? I, I've always joked about it. I'm going to come wake you up. But if you need sleep that bad, I might just leave you alone. <laughs> right? But I want to tell you this morning, there is no one beyond his grasp. If you've been told that there's no way you can be saved, and then you're too far gone, that you're going to break the doors of hell wide open, the devil has lied to you. Listen, people talk about, I can't wait to get to hell. I'm going to break the doors wide open. Have no idea what they're saying. Hell is a place of torment. Hell, hell is a place of fire. You ever been burned before? It doesn't feel good, does it? Can you imagine being burned for the rest of your life, yet never being consumed with that fire? It is a place of everlasting pain, everlasting torment. Why would you brag about going there? There's nothing there for you. What I am offering you this morning is a path to eternal life, a path to glory, a path to peace, a path to joy. Why do we hang on to stuff that brings us down? Why do we hang on to stuff that doesn't matter anymore? Forget about your past. Focus on your future, amen? Your future is in God. The Bible says He is able. Amen. Remember what we talked about last week with the healing? He is able. He is able. You know what that means? Simply put, He can do it. Amen. See, Randy's working on our bathrooms right now. And the reason why he's doing that is because he is able. He can do it. He knows what to do. He comes to me and he says, Pastor, we got the three before and the, and the twin, the, you know, the plywood's got the, you know. And I'm like, okay, I didn't understand anything you just said. You know why? Because I am not able. I can't even build a shelf. And Randy knows this, but he keeps coming to me telling me stuff. <laughs> Pastor, we need, you know, 3 by 4 by 16 by 38, or I don't know what he talked about. 
you know, I'm just giving him a hard time because he's really, he's excited about this and I'm excited for him because he's doing a great job. And then sometimes people will come to me in the church, Pastor, what you need to do is you need to go up on the roof and you need to take the joist to move it over. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea what that, what do you mean joist? What is that? Right now, if you said, Pastor, you need to look at your spreadsheet, I'm all with you. I understand numbers. Numbers, I, I took a te- personality test and you know what they said? They said, I understood math. Duh. <laughs> you know what they said I'm not good at? Construction. Again, duh. I know math is construction, but I don't get it. I, I don't understand it. Maybe I'm not patient enough, right? Because I am not able to do those things. I have to rely on someone else. Neither are you able to pull yourself out of sin. Neither are you able to, to reconcile to God on your own. But Jesus is able to do what you cannot do. And more than that, he is willing to do it. Amen. He is willing to do it. My God is able to save. Let's say that with me. To the uttermost. Say that with me. To the uttermost. Again, that means anybody and everybody. I don't care if you're yellow, red, or red, not bread. <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> yellow, red, black, and white. Oh, man yellow bread or whatever. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I guess if you're bread, you're kind of doughy. That was bad, wasn't it? (laughs) That was bad, wasn't it? I told a few dad jokes down in Ketchikan. They told me to go home. Yeah, I did. They told me to go home, right? I said, listen, these are good jokes. They said, you don't need to bring that stuff here. Go back to your church. (laughs) Amen. Like I told him, I said, I was going to cook an alligator, and I realized I only had a crock pot. You'll get it in a minute. Okay. (laughs) But the point I'm trying to say is it doesn't matter what color you are. Amen. Isn't that great to know that it doesn't matter what color you are? You can be, you can be brown. You can be white. You can be translucent. You can even be polka dot. That'd be kind of weird, but you can be polka dot. Amen. It doesn't matter what you are. Jesus says he can save to the uttermost. You can be a victim of sin. You could have murdered somebody. You can be a pedophile. You can be all those things that we look at in a reprehensible way, but God says he can save to the uttermost. That means everybody, amen? Everybody. Then he says this, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Do you know that right now, God is making intercession or Jesus is making intercession for us? What does that mean? A long time ago, um, well, I was a teenager, and this, when I say a long time ago, I mean as a teenager. We're talking about ancient history, back in the 1900s. That's what I say. And uh, I loved to cook popcorn because I was a teenager and I was hungry. And so back in those days, we didn't have microwaves. Okay, now if I, I remember when my elders would always say, "Back in my day, well, that's me now. Back in my day, we didn't have microwaves. So the way that we made popcorn is we took, put some oil in a in a pot." And we put a little piece of popcorn in there and rubbed it across the eye until it popped. That's how you made popcorn. Anybody remember that? Okay, thank you. I don't feel old now. Thank you. So that's why I was doing it like that. And, and I, I made popcorn and I had this big old steel pot, you know, what you make soup out of. I made me a big old thing of popcorn. And my plan was I was going to sit and, and watch television, my shows, right? 
Gilligan's Island, Hogan's Heroes, all those shows. Some of you may not remember those shows. Some of you do. And I remember cooking that popcorn. And I took that hot pot, stew pot, because it was still hot from the stove. And I took it, and it, I didn't want to put it on my legs because it was hot. So I set it right on the couch beside me. I'm in popcorn. Mmm, this is good. Popcorn. Mmm, boy. I smell something burning. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to worry about it. Popcorn. Burn started getting worse. So what is that? So I, I said, I need to go investigate. So I took the popcorn with me so I can eat as I'm investigating it. And as I took the popcorn with me, I noticed there was a big old hole in the couch. And it wasn't our couch. <laughs> you remember this. <laughs> it wasn't our couch. And I thought about it. I said, huh, I wonder why that happened. <laughs> and then it hit me. The dog did it. <laughs> no, I was like, oh, and at that, moment, at that moment, I got real close to Jesus. <laughs> oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God. And I about had a Holy Ghost moment revival in the living room by myself. And said, I, I did what any young man would do when he knows he's in trouble and his dad's going to kill him. I went to mom. I said, mom, you got to help me. Dad's going to kill me. She says, yeah, you're right. And she says, and she says, don't worry, I'll talk to him. And I was still sweating it. I was crying, crying out to God. Because, <laughs> you know, my dad's not a mean guy, but if he got a hold of a belt, we would have a discussion, right? That's the way we did things back then. Now, my mom went to my dad, and she interceded for me. And she says, don't be mad at him. It was an accident. And the wrath that I deserved, I didn't get because my mom went to my dad for me. See, I could have gone to my dad, but my dad would have still been angry because I'm the one who did it, right? But my mom went ahead of me. And I didn't get the punishment that I deserved. Does it get talked about in my household every other year? Of course. <laughs> Am I reminded every other You remember when you did this? Yes, I remember, Dad. Thanks for bringing that up again. When my son also did something stupid, like break my window in my car, my dad said, remember when you did this? That's not helpful, dad. <laughs> my mom interceded for me. She kept me from getting the wrath. And I know you remember that story. It's the same thing that Jesus does for us every day because he knows that we're not going to be perfect. And he goes to the father and say, hey, help Bobby today. He's going through something. He needs you to touch his life. He wants to be able to make good decisions for you. Help Karen. She's going through stuff today, Lord. I pray that you lift her up and take care of it. Jesus, I pray that you help Robert on his job. He's got an, I don't know if this is true. He's got a co-worker that's giving him problems. Lord, help Sharon today. Today. Help Randy today. Help Helen today. Help Jamie today. Help everybody. And he does that on an individual basis for you. He talks to the Father for you. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And isn't it great to know that Jesus is up there whispering in God's ears, hey, look out for this person. Isn't that awesome when you think about it? 
Isn't it awesome that somebody's on your side and so many times you feel like you're alone? You feel like that nobody cares about you and that's the devil lying to you because there is a God that cares about you and his son Jesus and his spirit, they're interceding for you, they're advocating for you and they're telling God he can make it, he can make it, he can make it, she can make it. He cares about you. Don't give up. Carry on. See, sin came into the world because of Adam and Eve. Actually, to be frank with you, sin came into the world because of Adam. He's the one that made the decision. Eve was tricked. But the reason for our separation from God was not necessarily because we ate the forbidden fruit, but the heart that was behind it. And I want to say to you today, some of the reasons that you're having trouble relating to God is because of the heart of what you're doing. You're choosing to go down that road. You're choosing to go down that path. And that's what happened in the Garden of Eden. And, and it was an amazing fall because we went, with, we went from walking with God to hiding from God. Isn't that happened when you sin? I've seen it over and over again. You, you're walking with God and you sin, and now you're hiding from God. You, you stop coming to church. You don't return phone calls from the pastor or from anyone else because you're hiding from him. It went from being without shame to feeling shame. We went from being free from physical pain to now having pain. Anybody have pain in their body when they woke up this morning? Yeah, blame Adam. Notice I didn't say blame Eve. Blame Adam. He was the one. Sin came into the world. Romans 6. Sin came into the world because of Adam. Amen. We went from being free from fear to now being consumed with it. Man, hasn't the last two years just consumed us with fear because of this disease? Now all of a sudden it's okay not to wear a mask. That's what they're saying. We never know if we should wear a mask or not wear a mask. It's the most confusing thing in the world. Nobody knows what's going on because there's fear out there. Amen? There's fear. Now we have fear. And then, more importantly, we went from a life of peace to a life of war, poverty, and strife. If you listen to the news, Russia is going to invade Ukraine any day now. War. War. The United States is constantly in some conflict. There's always war. There's always poverty. We went from having life to having death. But here's what I want you to understand this morning. God knew that Adam was going to fail. And this is, what I, this is why I want to say this. And this is why I talked about sin. Because we think that when we fall into sin and we do things wrong, we think it surprises God. We're like, oh my goodness, God's like, I didn't know they were going to do that. I can't be around them anymore. And God's like, I knew that was going to happen. He's never surprised by anything about us. 
He knew that Adam was going to fall. He knows when you're going to not do the right thing. He knows when you mess up. He knows those things that was in his grand design. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 15, he says this, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your heart, and you shall bruise his heel. That's a, that's a, 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 um, a prophecy about Jesus. He knew that man was going to fall because he knew that he had to send his son Jesus before the world even began. We, he knew that Jesus was going to come. Brothers and sisters, before you were even thought of in your parents' mind, Jesus was coming for you. Amen. When he was on the cross, you were on his mind. Before time began, he knew you. Amen. He specifically formed you. He knew who you were going to be. And if he knew who you were going to be, he knew you were going to mess up. He knew you were going to fail. Isn't it great that God can look past our stupidity? Isn't that awesome? Anybody else in the room stupid sometimes? I got a degree in it. I teach classes on it. Because sometimes I do dumb stuff. Right? Pastor, you're not supposed to say that. But I wouldn't be honest if I wasn't, right? Anybody else in here do dumb stuff? Yeah. But guess what? God factored my stupidity into my life when he saved me. He knew that I would not always do the right thing. He knew that I would always maybe not say the right thing. But he come to save me this morning. Amen. He come to save me this morning. And he come to save you. For some reason, though, and, and, and I really feel with my heart, and I really got to say this. For some reason, though, when God does a work in our life and he cleanses us, for whatever reason, like Lot's wife, we turn around and we look at how things used to be. And we're sad about the past. God has given us this new glorious life. Yes, but I remember when this happened to me. I remember when this went wrong. And, and God's saying, yes, we'll deal with that. But let's focus on what's going right. Let's focus on what I'm doing in your life. Let's focus on the miracles that I'm doing. Let's focus on me transforming your heart. Yes, I know, Lord, but I want to think about what happened 25 years ago. Why do we do that? We do that because we don't understand the miracle that just happened in our life, what God has done. It is time to step away from the negativity and embrace what God has done. He has done a new thing in you. You are a new creation. You may think that was you, but that's not you anymore. That's not you. I, I, listen, I'm not talking about there's times that you need to go to counseling and you need to go to groups. We actually have a group that meets here on Thursday night that deals with that. Because sometimes we need to work out those things. But those things don't define you anymore. And the longer you let it define you, the further you're going to get away from that new creation, that grace that God has done in your life. You're new. You know what that means by new? That means God took all the best parts of who you were and did something new with it. You are not that same person. So you have to let it go. Because when God saves you, 
Not only does he restore you, not only does he heal you, but he calls you a new creation. Old things shall pass away. You know what old things are? That's your past. Let's get away from that. Get away from that. Listen, I understand hurt from the past. I, I do. No, and if you knew my story, one of these days I'll tell you my story. You'll understand that things that I've been through would shock some of you. But that doesn't define who I am right now. I am new in the Lord. And I am in His mercies every day. Amen? And we as a church need to learn to walk in His mercies every day. His mercies are every day and evermore. Amen? We need to walk in the grace that He's given us this day. And when I walk in the grace that I have each day, that doesn't mean I hang on. Some of us are trying to get into a door that we can't fit because we're still carrying all that baggage. We have to shed those things. We have to let God have his way in our life. I want you to hear me, brothers and sisters. I want you to hear me with everything that is within me. God has delivered you from a past. God has delivered you from the things that have affected you. God has delivered you. And as a church, it's time that we embrace that. Amen. It is time that we realize that we are no longer the same people. And that we stop living that way and start living the way that God wants us to live. Amen. That means that you have to stop sinning and start walking in the light. You have to start doing the things that God wants you to do. Now, some of that means that some of you guys need to start coming to prayer meeting on Sunday night. Amen? If you, if you were to tell me, Pastor, I'm struggling with my walk, and you're only here one Sunday a week, or maybe one Sunday a month, you know what my response is going to be? Yeah, I wonder why. Because you have to be here, amen? Have you ever tried eating one time a month, a meal? What happens? You get hungry, right? Yesterday at breakfast, I had eggs, I had bacon, I had toast, I had some gravy. My wife's not here, so I can talk about all this. And I was eating it, and I was like, this is good. This is awesome. You know what I forgot to do the other day? I forgot to eat breakfast. And I was so hungry the whole and I was grumpy. You ever not eaten or forget to eat and you get grumpy? Come on, anybody else with me? You're still awake? You forget to eat and your body's like, hey, what are you doing? I need to eat. I need to eat now. When my when my wife was pregnant with our children. If I didn't have food to her at a certain time, there was a price to pay. <laughs> it had to be the right food, <laughs> right? We get that way. We want to eat, right? So in the same way as a Christian, if you're not coming back and being fed and being fed and being fed and being fed, how are you going to make it? How are you going to make it? That's why we have discipleship classes on Wednesday night. That's why we have Sunday school. That's why we have Sunday morning services. That's why we have prayer on Sunday night. Because that stuff is, well, pastor, I don't know how to pray. Then you need to learn how to pray. And that's what we do. Amen. We teach you how to pray. 
We teach you. That's the whole point. Jesus said for us to go out and make disciples. That means we teach you. Amen. We show you what to do. But I want to tell you, we, the only way that we're going to let loose of this baggage that we have is to start walking in the light. Amen. You got to walk with the Lord. Amen. See, he gave the law to us. The law is the Ten Commandments. That's not the whole law, but for the purposes of our discussion, that's what it is. He gave the law to us so that we would know what sin was. Romans 7, 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law said, you shall not covet. See, when we came into sin, we were separated from God. And with God, there's no such thing as compromise. God is holy, we are not. And because of that delta, he had to demonstrate to us that there was no way for us to bridge that delta unless he came down to us. See, through the law, you know, the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not lie. You guys know the commandments. It was through that that he demonstrated that we're sinners. Because you'll have people say, well, pastor, I'm a good person. David says, there is no one that's good. There's no one that's good. And I want to tell you today, there is no one that's good. You are not good. Don't get mad at me. Maybe you give money to charities. Maybe you do these supposedly righteous things. It doesn't mean that you're good. There's still sin. And if there's even a fraction of sin in your heart, then you are unholy. And there is sin in your heart because David said, in sin, my mother did conceive me. That doesn't mean his mom had him out of wedlock. It just means that he was born into sin. We can't help it. We all have sin. But God gave us the law to demonstrate to us that we are sinners and that there was no delta. But then he sent his son on the cross to be that bridge between us and him. That that's why we need a savior this morning. He says, I know you're a sinner. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send my son who's the embodiment of me to be a savior to you, to let you know that I love you. And I'm going to bear the brunt of your sin. I'm going to pay for it myself. There was a farmer that his family went to church all the time and he didn't want to go to church. He, uh, he hated church. He just didn't think it was a waste of his, he just thought it was a waste of his time. And this, he would never go to a church with his family. And he stayed home one Sunday morning. And he looked out. And he had built a barn. And he had built a window in the barn. Put some glass in it. And he saw these birds kept crashing into that window. Small birds. They kept crashing into this window. And when they crashed into the window, they would fall dead. And it bothered him because he didn't want these birds to die. So he went out there and he says, well, I'm going to keep this from happening. I'm going to try to wave my arms and, and, and I'm going to try to dance around to keep them from going into the window. And sure enough, they would just go around them and go into the window anyway. 
And there was just bird after bird after bird dying, running into the window. And he began to get really upset. He says, I don't know what to do. And he did more. Like He really started dancing around and trying to get their attention and say, don't do this. Don't do this. Don't fly into the window. But he wasn't a bird, so they didn't understand. And they kept going right into the window, dying, dying, dying. He thought, what can I do? And he goes, I know. I can, what if I could become a bird and maybe they will listen to me? And it was at that moment he realized what God did for us. It was at that moment that he realized that God became man and dwelt among us and lived among us and gave us his word. And that the, the what God coming is was Jesus. Jesus was the embodiment and he saved us from our sins. And he says, you don't have to live this way. You can set aside all that hurting, that pain. And he realized and he gave his heart to Jesus at that moment because he understood that a savior has come. And we have the law that shows us what sin is. But Jesus fulfilled the law by paying the price of our sin by dying on the cross. I want you to know. I want you to know this morning that he loves you. John 1.14 And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He sent us a Savior. All throughout Scripture, there are times that God sent a miracle at the last minute. Think about Abraham. He's about to offer his son Isaac as a sacrifice, and an angel stopped him at the last minute. Think of the three Hebrew children in the fire from Nebuchadnezzar. When they came out, there was no smell of fire than the smell of smoke. Think of Lazarus, Jairus uh, being raised from the dead, Jairus' daughter, the widow's son, they were all raised from the dead. Think about the blind, or countless people whose blinded eyes were open, leopards who were cleansed. Think about the thief on the cross. He was doomed his entire life, but he was allowed to enter paradise as he hung dying for another crime. Brothers and sisters, the Lord knew that we could not come to him on our own. That's why, that's why he's drawing you here today. That's why he drew you here today. But we're not, we're not just talking about salvation. We're talking about committing yourself to him. You have to decide what kind of relationship do you want with God? Do you want the casual relationship where you know him once a month? Or do you want the every Sunday, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, every chance I get, I want to know him. Oh, I want to see him to look upon his face. I shall be with him forever. Oh, I want to see him. Oh, I want to know him. That's the decision that you have to make today. What do you want from the Lord today? I will tell you, the closer you get to him, the sweeter it gets. I've been married to my wife coming up for 22 years. And I will tell you that 
while some marriages after a certain amount of time don't, they don't tend to fare well, my marriage is getting better and better. Mainly because, amen? Mainly because I know my place now. (laughs) Yes, ma'am? Love you, dear? Yes, dear? My marriage is getting better. The, The longer I know my wife, the awesome it is. I learn something about her all the time. And, and after 22 years, you wouldn't think that I wouldn't know everything, but there's some things I look at her and go, wow, I didn't know that. That's kind of weird. <laughs> no, I don't say that. The longer you know Jesus, the, the, more, the more you step into that moment with him, the sweeter it gets. But here's the thing. The more you step into him, means you've got to leave something else behind. That means you've got to shed something. That means you've got to take something off. That means you've got to say, Lord, this is, this right here, this is not important to me. I thought it was. I thought, I thought this was everything. I thought, I thought this was, I thought this was everything to me. And I realized that this is nothing. We keep talking about revival. This is revival. It's shedding ourselves and allowing God to work through us. Allowing God to do cool things through you. Do you, do you know that God has something for everybody here? Amen. He didn't just call you to be an attender of church. He called you to be a missionary. He called you to be an evangelist. He called you to be a teacher. Now that may scare you. You're thinking, oh no, I can't do that. You're right, you can't, but he can. He can. See, God's kind of cool like that because he takes the things that we can't do and makes it possible. Do you know why that is? Because he doesn't ever want us to think that we could do things on our own power. Everything that I do is because of the grace of God. Now let me, let me explain to you the grace of God. When I got up this morning, I told you I have no voice. I'm about ready to lose it. Here I am, 45 minutes later, I'm still preaching. That's the grace of God. Okay? You understand that? That's what God does. When he wants his word to go out, nothing's going to stop it. The only thing that can stop it is us, because we choose not to be that vessel. See, I know this scares you, but God wants to use you. Does that scare anybody? It scares me. Yeah. The the thought of God using me, that worries me to death. You you know what worries me to death? I say, well, what if I say something wrong? Or or, or what if I handle this wrong? Or what if I do something wrong? And, And I'll tell you, there are people who are quick to let you know that you are wrong. But none of that matters because God says, if you do it for me, I'll take care of you. If you do it out of your own ambition, you're on your own. But when you serve me, I'm going to take care of you. It is not the pastor's responsibility to save Juno. It's our responsibility to save Juno.
Si I'm so far off my sermon notes, it's not even funny. But I just feel in my heart. Go ahead with the music, guys. It's fine. It's fine. That was actually perfect. I thought you were in sync with me. It's like, man, we're thinking alike. That's scary for them. But And Lord, please help me to say this eloquently. Is I just I feel like there's just so much baggage that you're carrying today. I'm not worthy. God doesn't love me. I like the world too much. I was talking with one man. He wants to be something one day in the ministry. And I said, well, you got to serve God. He goes, but pastor, I also like the ladies. I said, then you'll never make it because you like the world. You can't walk into God's presence with the world. When the priests would go in before God in the Ark of the Covenant in the Old Testament, they had to make sure that there was no dirt on them, nothing, there was no earth on them. They had to repeatedly take baths and baths and baths to make sure there was no dirt on them because if they walked into the presence of the Lord of the Ark of the Covenant with anything on them, they would immediately be struck dead. Brothers and sisters, you can't come into God's presence like you want and still carry the world with you. Pride. Thinking you can do it on your own. You can't. You talk to any elder in this building and they'll tell you you can't do it on your own. They'll tell you. Am I right, elders? You can't do it on your own. Or maybe, maybe you're dealing with an addiction. There's deliverance today in the house of God. Well, Pastor, I don't, I don't want anybody to know about my addiction. Can I tell you, if you don't deal with that, whatever you try to hide, God's going to bring it to light? Well, Pastor, I just had some things that I, I want to get right and deal with, and then, then me and God will be okay. It'll never happen. Never. See, we have this fantasy that everything will be okay tomorrow. And the only way tomorrow is going to be okay is if we make the decision today. Brothers and sisters, I have poured my heart out to you. I have loved on you. But you've got to step away from the world. I don't care if you've been going to church 80 years. You've got to step away from the world. If you've been going to church for 80 years and you're gossiping about your pastor or other brothers and sisters, then you need to be the first one on the altar. Can I say that again? If you've been going to church for 80 years and you're gossiping about people in the church, then you need to be the first one in the altar. Amen. If you're newly saved and you're still struggling to sin, then you need to be in the altar. 
Well, Pastor, I, I, like to, I like to go out and have fun, but is it really fun? Do you wake up the next morning feeling good about yourself, or do you feel shame? See, in the gospel, there's no such thing as shame. We don't operate that way. We operate in freedom. Freedom. Well, Pastor, I just, I just want to live my life. Then you will never know the glory of Jesus. I invite you now. From the bottom of my heart. And, it, and you're saying, well, Pastor, why do you keep talking about this? And I keep thinking in my heart, if you only knew. I'm not trying to ram it down your throat. If you only knew the peace that comes with serving him. If you only knew the joy that comes with leaving that stuff behind. If you only knew the happiness that you feel that you no longer have to be associated with that. God saw, saved Saul in such a way that they changed his name from Saul to Paul. God makes you a new creation. It doesn't matter if you've been saved a month or 80 years. When you step away from that thing that is hindering you, you are new in him. You're new. So my invitation to you today, make it right. It's time to make that distinction between your old lifestyle. It's time to start coming to church. Within the next few months, I'm not sure when we're going to stop the live broadcast of our Facebook and YouTube. We're not going to do it anymore. Do you know why? Because people need to be in church. People need to be in church. Yes. If that, if that hurts your feelings online, I don't mean to. But you need to be in church. We'll still record the services that you, so that if people want to share that reaching out, but we need to be in church again. Too many people feel like, well, I can just stay at home and watch the service and get the same thing. No, you can't. It's not the same. And for those, maybe who have a hard time getting here, we will work with you. We'll do something. I don't know what it is yet, but we need to be a church again. Amen. Would you stand with me, please? Romans 5, 6 through 8. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. God demonstrates his love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Will you bow your heads, please? Is anybody willing to say this morning, simply by the raising of your hand, that I've never given my heart or my life to Jesus, or maybe I did a long time ago, and I need to do that today. I need to make that proclamation for him today. I need to give my life to Jesus today. If that is you, I simply want you to raise your hand right now. Anybody in this church, I see one, I see two, I see three, I see four. People are getting saved today, brothers and sisters. 
All right, get out of your seat right now. If that's you, come down here. Get out of your seat. Come. Come on, right here. Don't be embarrassed. Come. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.